Hi, you're listening to Phil DeBella, and this is Flashcast by PDB, and I hope everyone's kicking goals and tracking well. Today, I want to talk about the education system. I want to talk about, um, in particular, children and education. So, um, you know, let's tackle that because I've asked many, been asked many times what I think of education. I've had a lot to do, lot to do with um, tertiary uh, education, with being an adjunct professor for the past nine years at Griffith University, and I've been able to help um, the guys over there uh, with a bit of reform and strategy and. An evolution in what they've done, and they've done an amazing job, which has in turn helped build their brand. Um, and I've only been a small part of um, many people that have been able to, you know, um, do that with great honour. But um, I want to talk particularly about the education system in uh, primary schools and then on to high schools. And uh, let me say that, um, you know, quoting from my favourite quote that everyone should know by now, be part of the change you want to see, uh, which is Gandhi's words. Um, it's not about sitting on the sidelines and screaming and yelling, but it's all—it's about being part of the cog and being part of the flywheel that helps turn so that uh, we can get reform. But um, it, firstly, it needs to become conscious for people to understand what's wrong with the education system and why it needs to be, you know, evolved. Um, that's first, is that it, there needs to be a recognition and acceptance that it needs to be evolved and why it needs to be involved. And the second part is the actual, obviously, ex- execution of getting the right people around the table to evolve the system. But um, by the end of this flashcast, I just uh, want to share my views and opinions based on um, data, based on conversations, based on some research um, of why I believe that the education system needs uh, to be you know, updated. And um, I have a very pragmatic approach as I do to most things. Um, so here goes, you know, firstly, let me start by saying that the education system is inflate, inflated. So there's education inflation. And what I mean by education inflation is that uh, when my sister uh, finished school, she finished in grade 10, which was very accepted back then and um, got a very good job. My brother was able to finish in grade 12 and go on to get a very good job. Um, if you fast forward today, right, it's not even enough to have a degree. And when I finished school, I got a degree and I got a good job. Um, today, there's people with degrees, law degrees and all the rest of it that still can't get uh, jobs. And now imagine what's going to happen in the next 10 to 15 years as evolution occurs, but the education system doesn't roll with it. So we have what I call education inflation, is that you need to be more and more qualified and that still doesn't doesn't guarantee that you're going to get a job, you know. Um, the education system, as we know, it's been around since the 19th century. And um, if you think about it, it hasn't changed. And it's globally uh, the same. And what I mean by that is the subjects that are most weightly and valued are things like maths, English, and science. They are the top subjects um, for and highly rated or weighted towards marks um, globally. Now, and the arts, so your, um, you know, your music, your art, your dance, uh, down the bottom, and that's the same system all around the world. By what I can see in some research I've done, and some flashcasts and TEDx talks I've listened to, uh, people quote all the same things that are globally maths, English, science are the highly rated. Now they're very important, of course. However, when you have a look at those that go on to be entrepreneurial, those that go on to change the world, those that go on to create, you know, your Facebooks, your iPhones, your Microsoft, your 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 Nikes, your whatever your favorite brand is, the people that have gone on to do that stuff, a lot of them 
their their highest weighted in intellect, their intelligence, where they shine, is in the creative subjects. It's the art subjects. It's the music, the art, the dance. It's all of the subjects that in the school system aren't as highly valued. Um, so again, this is data, not opinion. So um, the, there's another argument towards the reform of why why the creative subjects are not weighted um, as equal or, or higher than, than subjects like maths, English and science, which of course are very important. You know, what we find we're doing is that we're educating above the waist and we're not educating the body. So if you think about the way the curriculum's written, everything is about educating people's brains. It's all about what happens between their brain, but not what happens to the body. So it's another way to look at it is that all the, all the emphasis and the importance is placed on this brain. Yet it's, it's not placed on what happens with our bodies. And, and so you end up with, um, uh, obviously a lot of other issues that come out of that, but you end up with what happens is that people are, might be intellectually smart, but often don't know how to execute. They, you know, and and you'll see that that the professors and all the rest of it that go on to be academics and study into the research, which are all important, uh, are so highly intelligent, but don't always know um, or have the social skills or the interaction skills, or might not be as good, you know, in in performing in sports or delivering a message. So whilst they might be able to go do the research and. And, and write papers and all the rest of it doesn't necessarily mean they know how to execute that into something that's going to change the world. And they've found research shows that it's the creative people that actually do that. So if you look at that scenario, you actually have a, both have an importance. The, um, the professor, the researchers, the, the person, the intellect has, has such an important role to play. But then so does the creative person who can take that and execute it. And if we think of some people like Shakespeare, Picasso, Walt Disney, the Wright brothers, you know, these were all people that could execute. These were all people that were creative. These were all people that in many instances were not good at maths or English, but were great in all the creative subjects, you know, and that's why they shine. These were people that had an impact on changing the world. And, um, you know, and my thought process on this is that as the world gets more complex with things like COVID and, um, you know, chemical warfare and lack of water and, and more waste and people's expectations and and um, technology and disruption is that we actually need more creative people in the world. We need we need a base of people that are going to be creative. We need people that are that are thinking about how can I actually make a difference? How can I be part of the change I want to see, uh, rather than than sitting back and waiting for change to happen? You know, and this is why I believe we need to evolve education as we know it. Um, we ne- we need to work our way towards relevance rather than irrelevance. You know, and and my one of my fears when I'm asked what's my fear is that ignorance is is growing and people become ignorant. They become ignorant to the education system. They become ignorant to, to financial situations. They become ignorant to governments and, and politics. And um, they, But they're very quick to have an opinion. So they're very quick to have an opinion, but they're not quick to be part of the change they want to see. Or more importantly, they might have an opinion, but it's um, based on unfounded information, what I call data-free observations. They don't actually go and research the data and do the analysis so that when they're talking any form of strategy, it has some input. You know, we've got to remember that if we don't encourage the creative kids, if we don't get those subjects at school um, and encourage creativity, what we're going to have is people just following the world order. Um, you know, somebody tells us to do and we do it. And we've seen that through COVID. We've seen exactly what fear does to people. It stifles their creativity. It makes them just fall into line, wear a mask, do this, don't do this, do that. And um, fear makes people do things like that. But we need to be creative. It's going to be the creative people that are actually going to drag people out of bad situations, whether it's a financial situation, whether it's a health situation, whatever it is, you'll find that the 
the core ingredient to somebody that that creates change is creativity um and then of course there's other ingredients such as you know uh, being brave um you know being being willing to surround yourself with the right people um executing the right way and all the rest of it but it all starts with that mindset of creativity and this is one reason why my wife and I, um, obviously, we, we want our kids to uh, be strong in maths and, and English and science and all that, and we encourage it and we talk about it. But we also encourage the arts. We encourage the sport. We encourage speech and drama, music, art. And our kids, um, you know, all we do is influence them at the end of the day. We don't control them. Um, and we influence them by having conversations. And, and the conversation around schooling is us having dialogue with them and saying, balance your portfolio. You know, make sure that you are choosing subjects, as Annika now, first year of high school, etc. When you get the opportunity to choose subjects, to choose subjects that obviously balances your portfolio. It balances your body with your brain. It's not just subjects around your body and it's not subjects around your brain, but you get this overall balance because the the body, the mind and the body's got to work in harmony. Um, and this is where we operate at our best. And again, we don't control them. I don't believe we ever control our kids. It's, it's all about influencing them. All we are is caretakers. So, you know, if we put that into the education, system, it's no different. Um, our teachers, our system has an obligation to caretake our children and we can't be teaching today the way that we were teaching hundreds of years ago when the world has changed, the resources have changed, things have changed and the education curriculum needs to meet the resources available. Um, I didn't start using a computer till grade 11. My kids were handed a computer at school in grade 3. Um, so already there's a sign of evolution and the schools have changed but the curriculum and the theory based and and the content um, needs to change. Uh, you know, a lot of the content my children are bringing home is the same content that I did in schools 30 years ago, you know, 30 years ago, 35 years ago. Um, it, it, I would love to see that reformed. I'd love to see children taught economics. Um, I would love to see children taught uh, um, more around speech and drama, how to present, how to discuss, how to debate, you know, things that it's going to be necessary in the future and are necessary. These are the things that I'd like to see, you know, subjects that revolve around getting our children to think, to, to, to go and find data, analyze the data, and then build strategies. So in closing and summary, the ultimate aim for me is about getting our children to think more, to be more analytical, to be more creative, to think about how they can be part of the change they want to see in the world. You've been listening to Phil DeBella, and this is Flashcast by PDB. Until next time, go be the best you can be. 